I know my passions and I know my purpose, which, you know, it's taken years to figure that out. And it also changes over time. You know, I write a chapter and once I lose that passion or no longer feel like I have purpose with what I'm doing, I move on to the next chapter. But I'm very mindful of being in a flow state every day. And I know those things that put me in that flow state that just make me really happy and and make me contribute value to the world. You are listening to the Live Better Show with Brett and Jason, where we dive into life crushers changing their game, talking about wellness, and sharing a message of putting plan into action. Live Better is based on five pillars. Move better, eat better, think better, give better, and live better. We move for freedom, to do and go where and when we want. We practice good nutrition to combat an age of being overfed and undernourished. We practice mindfulness for ways to live purposefully. We give better as the basis for why we do anything at all, especially when focusing on the health of our clients and community. And at the intersection of it all, we live better. Health and wellness is the sustainable fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. Our guests share their story, their mission, and the pursuit of having the best day ever every single day. Hey! Turn up, bitch! <laughs> Today's sponsor of the Live Better Show is Hyperice. At Hyperice, their mission is to provide athletes with a set of tools that improve performance by accelerating recovery time, preventing injury, and enhancing the body's ability to move more efficiently. All Hyperice products are developed and tested to meet the standards of the world's best athletes. Vibrating foam rollers and balls, the best ever. We simply cannot get enough of the Hypersphere and Vipers. We use them before and after every training session we complete, whether that's for running or rock climbing. We are also lucky enough to provide you with the best discount code ever. Use the code LIVEBETTER20 for a 20% discount off the site. Brett and Jason here with Eric Hinman. Super excited to have you on the show today. How's everything going, and uh, what are you currently up to? Oh, things are great. I'm here in Denver at the Denver Central Market. Just had a lunch meeting with another creative, and uh, having a blast. Already got a couple workouts in today, so flying high. That's great. So obviously working out is one of the big topics we'll dive into today, but can you just give our listeners a little bit of insight into what you currently do, um, and some of the projects that are just top of mind that you're working on right now. Sure. Uh, So right now what I do is a lot of influencer marketing. That's my day-to-day, creating content for brands, uh, posting stuff on social media. So uh, essentially just documenting my life, which is a lot of fitness, food, uh, entrepreneurship, travel. Um, I'm the co-founder of several companies, uh, CrossFit, Indoor Cycling Studio, and Hit Studio in upstate New York called Urban Life Athletics. Um, the co-founder of Original Grain, which is a healthy, fast, casual restaurant, also in upstate New York. Um, I have an insurance business, property and casualty insurance. That was my first career right out of college that I started in 2002. And then out here in the mountains, I have a company called Fellow Gents. Uh, with a business partner who is in Boulder, and that's a media company similar to like Gear Patrol or Uncrate. Um, that's that's a lot to manage. Um, can you can you give us um, kind of day to day of what you're doing for each one of those endeavors? 
Sure. So very high level uh, with each company that I've co-founded or been involved in. Uh, I feel like my role gets less and less, which that's my value add. So my first business, the insurance uh, agency, I was the zero to 100 guy. Uh, I did everything, customer service, started the business, hired everyone, um, sold the policies, talked to customers, and uh, I was, you know, had deep day to day until about 2009 with that, and then I hired someone to manage the business for me, and that was a drug for me. That was my first time that I realized that you could delegate uh, a lot of the things that you're doing if you want to be a serial entrepreneur. So um, as I started delegating more stuff to my insurance secretary, uh, I realized that you know I didn't have to be doing everything in order to maintain the book of business. So my second career was in software, uh, building mobile applications for clients across the country, a company called Rounded, and that was my day-to-day from 2010 until about 2014. And then I sold my shares. Uh, but again, you know, I, I was about the zero to 50 guy in that company, uh, building the brand, hiring the team. And then my role was business development. Um, I wasn't doing any of the coding. It was just meeting with clients and uh, pitching them on concepts to build mobile apps for them. And then the fitness facility, I was like the zero to 20 guy, uh, building the brand, uh, helping with the build out, helping with the software systems. Uh, spreading the word about it, so marketing and social media, and then have an operator who manages the day-to-day for that business, and the Healthy Fast Casual restaurant is probably zero to 15 in that one, Uh, just helping to build the brand, getting the awareness out, getting people excited about it, uh, helping with the build-out, and my business partner, who's a rock star, he operates that business. So, you know, with everything, I've learned my role is... Uh, And my value add is very early on, helping to build the brand, helping to get the social media uh, in place, helping build excitement around it, and then finding an amazing operator that can execute on the joint vision. So, you know, now my my day-to-day is, again, the influencer marketing stuff that I'm doing uh, and still promoting all of the different businesses that I'm involved in. But outside of that, you know, just really flying at 10,000 feet, working on the business, not in the business. You got a full plate. <laughs> I do. It's fun, though. It doesn't feel like work. It's everything, uh, you know, everything I'm involved in now, they were my own problems that I wanted to solve. So, you know, in upstate New York and Syracuse, we needed a healthy, fast, casual restaurant with great food, with a fun atmosphere, with hip-hop music playing. And I found uh, my business partner, Chris, who was the perfect uh, operator for it. And he had the exact same vision as me. Uh, same thing with the CrossFit gym. Wanted something similar to the boutique studios that I work out in when I'm in New York City and was able to partner with the people that were able to execute on that vision. So, you know, they're just their passion projects and they're, it just goes hand in hand with my lifestyle, which, you know, a lot of it is based around health and wellness and, and adventure. Yeah, that leads me to a couple things. I think it's pretty awesome now that you have like a repeatable template. You know what you're good at and you apply it to starting businesses you're interested in that solve your own issues. I think that's always great advice for other people who are looking for things to do, find things you're interested in, but normally that you just need to kind of like scratch your own itch for and then dive in, figure out what you're good at, and you can apply that to whatever it is you want to do. Uh, We were taking a look at um, your uh, restaurant's website, and that logo is awesome. 
like multicolored over the, over the plate. That's so cool. Yeah, it's a super fun brand. Uh, you know, original grain, original grainsters, OG for sure. <laughs> yeah, we want to be very California inspired and just you know bring that you know sunshine and fun to to upstate New York. And you know, people have really embraced it. Yeah, that's that's super awesome. So, what what's your favorite item on the menu there? So at, at my own restaurant, I customize uh, a menu item: <laughs> a, a grain bowl with uh, a ton of vegetables, sweet potatoes, broccoli, uh, two over easy eggs, and mommy can keep bacon. And we have this amazing dressing called Green Goddess. It's a uh, Caesar-based dressing. Uh, it's absolutely delicious. So I have that salad every single day when I'm in uh, when I'm in town. That sounds wonderful. But, uh, my favorite menu item that is on the menu is uh, probably the Mexi Cali, which is just like a hearty grain bowl with avocado, uh, chicken. Our chef is just amazing at uh, making the the recipes come together. Just a flavor explosion in your mouth. Um, pineapple. Um, our grains. It's absolutely delicious. Cilantro. <laughs> Goodness, you got to del- deliver to Chicago. This is just too much. I know, right? Is your mouth watering? Yeah, yeah I'm ready to eat. I, I want to get mine, back. Mine is. Yeah, for real. I definitely uh, I want to get back to talking about your nutrition in a little bit, but just kind of as a baseline before we dive into a little bit more about what you do specifically, um, can you just talk about the way health and wellness, um, just from an overview, plays a part in you being able to pursue all these businesses? Because you know, our main message is that health and wellness is really the sustainable fuel to be able to do whatever it is in life you want to do better, whether you're a lawyer, entrepreneur, consultant. Um, can you just speak to the ways that you know maintaining your health as you have has contributed potentially to the success you've had in business um, or maybe talk about some of the interplay between yeah. the two? Uh, so on a day-to-day basis, uh, the health and wellness gives me the energy I need to perform at 100% energy, the creativity, um, you know, and it's more than just the workouts, it's getting enough sleep, it's eating healthy, it's my recovery routine, all of those, all of those things give me the mental capability to just be sharp throughout the day, be creative throughout the day, um, and so I used to compete in Ironman races, and I always tell people that Ironman is so much more than just swimming, biking, and running an unfathomable distance, uh, it gives you resilience resiliency and uh, the mindset to conquer anything. It makes you realize that, you know, life is a long road and, you know, there's going to be speed bumps along the way. Uh, but if you're in it for the long game and you don't get stressed out and out of shape about the small speed bumps and, you know, the stressors in life, that you're going to have an incredible life and, you know, just trying not to stress too much in the moment if something feels like it's tremendously hard because you're going to look back on that and just realize that it was a small speed up in the, in the long road. Yeah, I, I would love to talk to you some about the, the Kona training itself and how that fit into your schedule uh, working because I know a lot of our listeners race um, or enjoy working out pretty passionately outside of their 9-to-5 job or day-to-day. Uh, and I know that requires uh, an extreme time commitment. I love doing um, just sprint-level triathlons, which definitely don't require as much time as a, as a full iron. Um, but can you talk about some of the ways that you were training and also fitting in work? Um, and then also maybe 
any of those specific speed bumps you felt like you hit during training. Because Brett and I also, we have private clients, we train in big group class environments, and I think it does really well for people to hear about those small struggles, um, that it is a long journey and not necessarily a sprint race every time. So when I was training for uh, Kona, I was still actively involved in the software company Rounded, and my life was very structured. I would get my morning workout in at 5.30 until about 7.30, and then I would go and have breakfast, and breakfast would always be combined with a meeting of some kind. Uh, I'd generally swim or run at lunch, and then just have a really quick uh, refuel after, and then I would train again in the evening, generally a, a CrossFit-type workout. Um, but, you know, everything was just super structured. I was good fed at that time. I wasn't traveling as much. You know, I mean, if you were at a high level on anything, you're going to have to make sacrifices, and uh, it, it was worth it, but I did have to sacrifice a lot during those times. You know, I, I was eating pretty much the exact same things at the exact same times every step. When I traveled, I was facing my travel around places where I could be fit in my workouts, uh, running, biking, and swimming. Um, and then I would find recovery and, uh, you know, answering messages or meetings. So, for example, I, I used an infrared sauna every single night, and I used an infrared sauna a lot when I was training. And I combined that, that with times that answer emails or take a call. So it's, uh, it's doing multiple things at once necessarily multitasking it's just doing something where you can do something at the same time and be productive so you know we all have the same amount of time in the day but you just have to think about every minute and how you can make that be the most productive time and the more structured you are the more things that you have on autopilot the better um it's simple as like you know i have a ton of stuff on auto subscribe through amazon so i don't have to think about going to the grocery store uh i very rarely do any kind of you know, tasks that I couldn't have someone else do. Um, you know, I try to focus all of my time on only those things that I can do that are going to reach my goals. And obviously no one else can train for me. Uh, so, you know, that was a primary goal of I need to make time for the training and I need to outsource, delegate, or eliminate all of those other things that could get in the way of training. So you have a lot of amazing different endeavors going on, and time management is very important with all of those things. You mentioned um, being able to uh, manage your task list and also create some automation within some of the things you're working on. So can you dive into some of the tactics you do to automate tasks or to make sure that you're prioritizing correctly? Sure. So, uh, A, I'm super mindful about those things that only I can do and I can do best. So, for example, no one can work out for me. Um, no one can use my creativity. Uh, no one can, you know, venture out in the world and meet people and make connections. So I try to make sure that I have a lot of freedom and flexibility and time to be able to do those things. And, you know, that means structuring my day in a certain way. Uh, so I try to combine meetings with eating. I know I have to eat every single day, and uh, that's when I try to meet with entrepreneurs or business partners or take calls. Um, I always block out a certain amount of time for fitness in the morning, usually from 10 to 12. So that's my time to do my training and uh, also create content while I'm training for social media. Um, 
and then like everything else that I don't feel I get any value from like grocery shopping um you know, I just try to automate all of those things where I feel like it's just a time suck and I'm just going through the motions. Uh, so using Instacart to have groceries delivered, having a lot of things on auto-subscribe through Amazon, uh, delegating pretty much everything that I think someone can do just as well, if not better than me. So, you know, having partners and employees that can help with customer service and customer acquisition um, so I can just you know, do my thing, which is fitness, and uh, within within entrepreneurship, it's uh, the creation phase of the business, which, you know, requires connections and requires a lot of promotion to spread the good word about uh, a new business. Yeah, that's, I think that you, you hit the nail on the head on, on a lot of the things, um, and one question that I have that kind of digs just a little bit deeper is, Consciously, you must have to assess where you are um, and where those, where certain tasks need to be automated. For example, the groceries example. Um, that was something that it didn't just one day all of a sudden you're like, oh, I should automate this. Like it put you put some time into it. You went to the grocery store a few times and you realized, okay, this time spent here, I could just go log on a site and have this done for me. And instead of what putting an hour into that, I could either shuffle that into my training or into content or into something else different. How do you decide what tasks you either want to automate or tasks that you mentioned that somebody can do better than you? For me, that's a personal struggle. I like to do a lot of different things. um, And I just it's so hard for me to hand something off to somebody else to do. But like you mentioned earlier, delegating has been one of the main reasons you've been able to flourish in multiple different aspects of different businesses. So can you kind of come up with maybe like the, the, the talk you give to yourself of how you decide what things you can give to others and what things you're willing to automate? Yeah. So, um, I know my passions and I know my purpose, which, you know, it's taken years to figure that out and it also changes over time. You know, I write a chapter and once I lose that passion or no longer feel like I have purpose with what I'm doing, I move on to the next chapter, but I'm very mindful of being in a flow state every day and I know those things that put me in that flow state that just make me really happy and and make me contribute value to the world. And, you know, anything that doesn't do that, I try to avoid it by either eliminating it, delegating it, or automating it. Um, So, obviously, fitness, that's a huge part of what puts me in a flow state every day and just makes me feel better than yesterday. Uh, Starting new businesses, creating content for brands, sharing the good word about uh, products and services that I use and that uh, uh, companies that friends are starting. Um, I get a ton of value from that, and it just fulfills me, whereas, you know, other what I'm going to call mundane tasks like uh, grocery shopping or landscaping, uh, they just don't fulfill me. But, you know, that's unique to everyone. I think everyone has to figure out, you know, what things put them in a flow state every day where they're just like living in the moment and they feel really, really fulfilled and, you know, make note of that. Like today I had an amazing day. These are the things I did and these are the things I didn't do. And, you know, once you're aware of that, you can start getting rid of those things that, you know, 
just don't contribute to your purpose and your passions and just do those things that make you truly happy. Yeah, that I think that self-assessment is very important. So one thing that I do is um, I have like a yearly kind of list of goals and then every month I take a day or so to kind of assess what I have coming up the next month and I create a, a list of goals, whether that's certain number of workouts I want to do, um, a challenge within my nutrition, stuff that I want to accomplish with my personal life, with my wife, um, or just other things like that. And I come up with like a list and then I break that down on a daily basis. So I kind of reassess once a month. Do you find yourself spending time to assess that or are you kind of in a constant state of understanding where you want to progress? Yeah, I think it's a constant state. Um, I wouldn't say that I set aside a day each month to do it. Although, you know, when I first started becoming mindful of those things that, you know, made me aware of being really happy, I was making a list and, you know, jotting down those things that I thought I could get rid of and those things that I just wanted to do every day. But now it's just a constant assessment. If I wake up and I'm just super excited to jump out of bed in the morning. I know I'm doing the right things. If I wake <laughs> up and just don't really feel like I have a purpose, then it's time to switch gears. And, you know, honestly, that's what happened with Ironman Triathlon. And it was, you know, probably a four or five month process where, you know, I just started to feel like I was going through the motions and, you know, it was time to write the next chapter. I was spending a lot of time training and I was neglecting a lot of other things in my life that made me happy. And uh, I realized it was time to switch gears because I was no longer super excited about the process. And, and that's what you have to be excited about is the process, whether you're building a business, whether you're you know, trying to be a high-level athlete. It's the process that brings success, and you have to really enjoy the process. So, you know, again, it's just, you know, how do I feel, you know, over a, a one-day period, a week period, a month period? And once it seems prolonged that I'm not happy doing what I'm doing, then I write the next chapter. And I want to I want to take that and then go back to the foundation. So you mentioned that every day you're kind of looking for your flow state. The foundation of that is your fitness. And what I'm hearing you say is that is what allows you the energy and mental state to then go out and create outside of the personal kind of fitness routine. And that is sort of the actual foundation of live better of what Brett and I are talking about is that health and wellness is the fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better, whether you want to start businesses or whether you're trying to sustain energy over running a triathlon. Um, and I want to get into your training specifically. So could you just walk us through, you know, as you really started to get into fitness and notice that it was a huge part of your life, can you walk us through kind of your timeline? Because I know you've done a lot of different activities at a high level, whether that be CrossFit. Um, I would consider running any Ironman <laughs> working at a pretty high level of physical activity and competition. Could you walk us through kind of where that started for you? And then we'll talk about kind of what you're up to right now. Sure. So I've always been really competitive with myself. Uh, and, you know, if I, if I have one talent, it's the ability to just like laser focus on something and say no to everything that doesn't contribute towards that goal. So in 2010, I picked up triathlon. Um, I had been doing CrossFit type workouts and you know, I looked the part, but I had signed up for a 15K race, and it just crushed me. I realized that I wasn't fit. I just looked fit. 
so I started uh, mountain biking. Mountain biking led to road biking. Road biking led to seeing my friends with these fancy bikes with four handlebars so that I thought looked cool and I wanted one. <laughs> so I uh, bought a triathlon bike and uh, signed up for my first triathlon. And I was instantly hooked in that uh, I did well, but I knew I could do better. And I also realized it's a sport where the results are directly correlated to how much work you put in and that there's no, you don't need any kind of genetic gift to do it. It's simply, it's a grunt work sport. If you put in a lot of time and effort, you're going to be rewarded. So I like that about it. And, uh, you know, as you do each distance, you crave the next distance and you want to see what your body is capable of. So I did a sprint and then I, I signed up for an Olympic and I then wanted to do a half Ironman. And after doing a half Ironman for 30 minutes after the race, I said I'd never do it again. But then found myself signing up for a full Ironman the following year uh, and just, you know, kept going further and going faster and training harder and smarter and you know, it was just like the continual improvement that I craved. Um, and, you know, the same with business. Like, you know, the more work you put in, the more success you're going to have. It's directly correlated to, you know, you being able to narrowly focus on doing only those things that matter uh, to make sure that you excel at the, at the sport or excel at the business. Um, so, you know, that carried over to to business doing the triathlons, just being able to focus on something long enough and not uh, being thrown off track by any speed bumps or hurdles that, uh, that are encountered. When you were training for your triathlon, the first one, what were you doing for work at that time? Uh, the first one, I had just started a software company uh, called AppTheory that later transitioned into a company called Roundit. Uh, and I also had an insurance business that I was slowly uh, stepping away from the day-to-day. -day. I had just hired someone that was managing a lot of the customer service. But you know, I very much had a 9-to-5 through most of my triathlon training up until 2014 when I sold my shares in the, in the software company. So, I mean, life was very, very structured then. It was getting in the two-hour workout in the morning before heading to the office, swimming at lunch, and then doing another workout in the evening. And, you know, again, it was like, it's restricting. You have to just, you know, it was basically work and triathlon. And <laughs> I said no to a lot of things in order to excel at those two things. So, you know, I always tell people it's not what you're doing, it's what you're not doing to be able to excel at something. When you felt like you were successful in racing and managing your time, could you walk us through what a week of training looked like in terms of, you know, what exactly you were doing to train for a triathlon and then how you were cross training in the gym as well? Because I think I also struggle with this um, in a similar way that you actually phrased it as an advantage where you can kind of just block out everything when you have a very singular goal. My biggest issue I felt like when I was training for a triathlon was that all I cared about were those three sports and I kind of gave up the cross training side of it um, and just tried to add it back in whenever. And this was at like the very beginning of my fitness journey when I was sort of figuring it all out. I would love to hear um, 
what that week kind of looked like for you in the gym versus any of your racing sports? Because I think a lot of people listening would love to hear how you structure that. I think a lot of people that are just runners suffer from not enough strength training and cross training and a lot of lifters um, find themselves looking good as you suggested, but underperforming when asked to do something outside of the bench press squat or deadlift. So I'd love to hear what your training looked like when you were um, starting to get into to any triathlon. Sure. So, you know, they require different mindsets and it's certainly difficult to have, you know, a super focused mindset as a runner, but also excel, you know, lifting heavy weights. They just, they don't completely go together. Um, you know, I've always been really passionate about weightlifting and CrossFit type workouts. And that's what I was doing leading up to triathlon. So I continued doing that while I was also training for triathlon. Although, I would always back off quite a bit leading up to my key race, which was Ironman Lake Placid every year in, in July. Uh, for about six weeks leading up to that, I would you know, only do maybe two to three uh, just CrossFit classes, not any kind of heavy lifting or Olympic lifting or gymnastics um, leading up to them. But a typical week, I mean, depending on the time of year, was uh, biking around 200 miles. It was running around 40 miles, and it was swimming around 10,000 yards in the pool and doing three to four CrossFit workouts, just taking class each week, which was a lot of my redline training. So, you know, I, most of, most of my running and biking was done at an aerobic heart rate, 130 to 140 for me. So using the Mapitone method and, uh, I got, you know, what most would deem interval training out of the CrossFit classes that I was doing. That's where I was spiking my heart rate for 5, 10, 15 minutes at a time to increase my lactate threshold. And then in the pool, I was also doing that just because, you know, much lower risk of injury. But I associate never being injured in triathlon with doing a lot of the cross-training and CrossFit workouts. It just strengthened a lot of muscles that I would not have otherwise strengthened uh, when I was doing uh, running, biking, and swimming. And you know, triathlon training, when you're competing at a high level, it's very isolating. You're doing all of the workouts pretty much by yourself. You know, I wasn't doing any group rides. I was doing five-hour trainer rides in my home gym, uh, tuning into podcasts and music. And, you know, I was running at my own pace, so I was out running by myself. And swimming was the only time. And CrossFit workouts when I was around other people training. So CrossFit is really, you know, that's that was like play for me because I got to work out with other people around me. Uh, and that's what I really enjoyed about it. Um, but again, if you're competing in an Ironman triathlon, you know, you have to master swimming, biking and running first before you start thinking about doing the strength training and the CrossFit training. You know, it's, it's a sports specific sport. And, uh, you know, once you've tackled those things and you're just looking for that extra 5%, you know, I think that's when you sprinkle in, the strength training and the, and the CrossFit workouts. Um, you know, I've always been pretty durable, so I was able to do high, high volume, and I focus a lot of my day around recovery to be able to do it day in and day out. And, you know, I structured my life in a way that I could do that, where, you know, I wasn't sitting at a desk during the day. I'm, I'm moving all day, every day, and, you know, in the evenings doing Epsom salt baths and the infrared sauna and the cold tub. So, you know, it's essentially like training like a professional athlete, not being a professional athlete. <laughs> What did that, um, you mentioned some of those recovery techniques and that that was a big part of the week. Um, how did you structure the week in terms of recovery itself? 
So evenings are always designated for recovery, and then I combine that with usually answering messages, emails, and social media questions, text messages. Um, so right now I'm here in Denver, and the evenings I go to Denver Sports Recovery. I do 50 minutes in the infrared sauna, and then I do 30 minutes alternating back and forth between a hot tub and a cold tub, five minutes in each. Um, when I was training for triathlon, at least three to four times per week, I would visit an infrared sauna. Uh, and I would take cold showers, and I have a hot tub at my condo. I would do a hot bath and then a, a cold shower, alternating back and forth. Um, and just moving, like I walk a lot. I probably walk five miles every single day. Um, you know, I walk to meetings. I was in Syracuse. I was walking to work every morning, walking home from work, walking to lunch, just trying to move as much as possible. That's so key in recovering day in and day out is just keeping that circulation going. Do you do any sort of soft tissue work as well? Yeah, I don't. And it, I, I do a deep tissue massage every week, but I have never been good at foam rolling or soft tissue work. Um, I should do more of it. I just, other methods I found I can multitask. So like when I'm in the infrared sauna, um, when I'm in the hot tub, I can be answering messages at the same time. And so I feel like, you know, foam rolling some of that stuff it's more uh it's it's difficult to do stuff on your phone so i try to find <laughs> things where i can also combine it with getting some work done yeah that's an important part for people because i don't think a lot of people feel like they have the time to get in that piece they're like oh well it's hard enough just getting in the gym um and they're they're looking just to kind of crush their body every time they get in for a workout but then don't spend enough time on the back end really taking care of themselves, especially if their nutrition's not perfect. And that's a really good point about multitasking around recovery is that is exactly the perfect time to do it. We are always like, well, if you're going to watch your TV show or you know, jump on the phone, put some headphones in and jump on your foam roller or start to do some soft tissue or light stretching, take your calls while you're walking, um, I love the way that you frame sort of all of your day around maximizing the hour, and that also includes both working out and recovering and the work itself. I don't think people allow those to overlap enough, and I think that's awesome to hear, especially with somebody as involved as you are in several different projects, and that really takes a lot of time to spend on their own personal health, that it is very possible to fit it all in. Yep. I mean, I have that mental checklist that I try to accomplish every day. And, you know, the recovery is a piece of that. Um, having creativity throughout the day is a piece of that. Getting my workouts in is a piece of that. And I need to check those off every day to feel accomplished that, you know, I'm going to be better than yesterday by doing those things. And, you know, again, going back to the delegation, automation, and elimination, it's getting rid of those things where they're not checklist items that go towards my passions and purpose. Yeah, I think I think you're 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 now not the head. It's really awesome to hear people that can are doing so many things and still staying at, at such a peak physical state right now that you're not if you, if you're currently not training for a triathlon or specific event. Two questions: What does your training look like when you're just in training mode, and how do you keep um, motivation outside of just it being like something that makes you feel good? Yeah. So um, I used this term yesterday when uh, 
I was interviewing an athlete for a web series I'm part of, and we were talking about lifestyles and labels. So, you know, now I choose lifestyle over labels. And for a while, I was labeled both by myself and, you know, my, my peers as an Ironman triathlete. And, you know, it, it put a lot of pressure on me mentally to perform. It, it was more just my own self. Like, I have to be an amazing triathlete because that's who I am. Now I choose lifestyle over a label. And, you know, I'm very happy just, you know, do, doing what I love every day and inspiring other people to do that, which health and wellness is a, is a huge portion of that. So, you know, right now my training is CrossFit-based. And uh, the CrossFit Open is going on right now, so I, uh, I'm throwing my head in the ring to see how I do this year. I'm hoping to make it to regionals in age group, uh, 35 to 39. I'm 37. And uh, my training now is, you know, it's sport-specific to that. So my morning session from 10 to 12 is generally Olympic lifting, gymnastics, and some Metcons. And then in the afternoon, I usually do about an hour of aerobic conditioning, which could be running, it could be biking, rowing intervals, um, rock climbing, hiking, um, some kind of outdoor adventure. Uh, and, and a lot of that is just because I enjoy doing it and coming from the Ironman, I still like to do a lot of volume every single day. Um, <clears throat> but again, you know, if, if I don't make regionals, uh, that's fine with me, I'm, I'm more just you know, I, I want to do what I love every day and inspire other people to do that, and that's just as gratifying for me as, you know, accomplishing something within the sport of, of CrossFit. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's great. I like that you have the, I really like that lifestyle over the label. I think that's something that people silo themselves into multiple different labels, whether that is a triathlete or a accountant or a mom um or whatever like people just think that once you get a label that that's what you are that's who you are and that's how you need to function but i really like that lifestyle of a label can you can you dig into a little bit more kind of like how that term came to be and um just kind of like elaborate a little bit more on on that yeah i mean it's very isolating when you're living by a label um and, you know, it, it, it happened to me in 2015 when I had really accomplished everything that I wanted to in the sport of triathlon. I wasn't willing to make the additional sacrifices to go even faster, which were swimming more and losing more of my muscle mass. Um, and I just felt like I was going through the motions because I deemed myself as a high-level Ironman triathlete, and that's what my peers deem me as. And... I no longer wanted to be confined by that. So I went like headfirst into CrossFit and said, I'm going to be an amazing CrossFit athlete now. And I just kept getting injured because <laughs> uh, I was trying to do too much volume. And, you know, throughout 2015, I just started to realize that, you know, I, I don't have to label myself as something as long as I'm doing what I love every single day and I'm living the lifestyle that I want to live and I'm able to make enough income that I can do that that's what I want to do and that's that's true happiness so you know it, it took about a year for me to like understand that about myself and to be you know to accept that that you know I'm just I'm a lifestyle athlete I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur and that's that's what I want to be I want to just be happy every day doing what I love doing as opposed to you know confining myself into something because that's what you know I've 
my peers have deemed me to be. I love the, this is Jason, I, I just want to kind of emphasize on that more because I struggle with that so much. When I get into something, I kind of tend to go all in, but it ends up being short-lived. And that's happened from mountain biking to surfing to rock climbing to lifting to running to yoga to golf. And it's funny because when I listen to anybody ask like, hey, are you like, does anybody here golf? I always want to like raise my hand and be like, oh yeah, yeah, me, me, me. And then when somebody else is like, does anybody enjoy rock climbing? I want to be able to say that. And it's interesting as I felt like I was just trying to be like the best at one sport without giving up being at least competent at so many others. And then I just realized I would rather be better at being good at everything than being the best at one thing (laughs) just to not flame out and it it makes me happy to do yoga run and rock climb all in the same day or lift and meditate and paddleboard in the same day things that seemingly don't connect or at least the progression of training doesn't lead to one perfect mastery but it certainly keeps me so happy without me ever having to go kind of a hundred percent in one direction while giving up all these other things that I really love to do. Yeah. I mean, I think the goal in life is to be awesome at living out your passion and purpose. You know, that's, that's going to bring true happiness. And I'm sure you feel the same way in your businesses too, which has certainly come to light as you sort of build this portfolio of businesses, you can see sort of where your passions have moved from and where they're going. And you can take the same successful model that you've built in one business and apply it to whatever it is you're interested in, which I think is really important for people to realize that just because you are really good at being an accountant doesn't make those skills non-transferable to starting a health business as we've done. Or if you are a banker, that does not exclude you from flipping a 180 and starting a nonprofit to do something else you're personally interested in, that there should be no regrets from prior business or prior projects because they give you this transferable skill and allow you the flexibility to pursue these things that you're really passionate about. Yeah, you got it. Again, you know, write a chapter and when you no longer have purpose in that chapter, move on to the next one. That's awesome. Um, so one question that we love to ask everybody, um, and I feel like we know part of your answer, what it's going to already be, but our, our philosophy and our mindset is having the best day ever every single day. And we've been, we've been hitting on that in segments. So if you were to wake up tomorrow and you could be anywhere in the world, do anything, and it was your best day ever, what would that look like? Yeah. So perfect days. And I've actually written this out before. Um, so uh, wake up around 6.30, um, answer some messages uh, before heading off to breakfast at a healthy, fast, casual restaurant, which are my favorite type of places. So here, I really enjoy the lifestyle I have in Denver. I go to a place called Just Be Kitchen every morning. It's a uh, paleo-friendly restaurant right in downtown Denver and uh, have a hearty breakfast with eggs and veggies um, and great coffee. I absolutely love coffee, so that's an important start to every day. 
Uh, and a lot of times that's combined with a meeting, meeting someone new, an entrepreneur, a creative, an athlete, and you know, talking to them, trying to add value, and also gleaning value from, from them. Uh, after that, it's uh, oh, and usually walking there. I, I absolutely love starting the day with about a mile to a mile and a half walk just to get the blood flowing, to get my mind going. Uh, from there, fitness, uh, off to a CrossFit gym to do my CrossFit workout. Um, and I enjoy doing the Metcon portion of it with a class, with other people around, just to you know, get that energy and, and give energy that I have to everyone else. And then uh, lunch at another healthy, fast, casual restaurant here in Denver. I go to a place called Green Seed pretty much every day. And back home in Syracuse, I go to my own restaurant that I co-own. Original grain, eat pretty much the same thing every day. I just put that on autopilot. Again, just one less decision I have to make, so I can uh, make decisions elsewhere. Uh, and that lunch usually, again, is combined with either uh, meeting with a business partner or meeting with a client or meeting with uh, another entrepreneur, creative, or, or athlete. Uh, in the afternoon, it would be a rock climbing or a scrambling adventure somewhere in the mountains. Uh, the last week, I've been in Phoenix climbing there in the Superstition Mountains, and uh, I just got back late last night from Vegas. I was climbing in Red Rocks um, and El Dorado Canyon here in Boulder. Those are probably my three favorite destinations where it just it puts you in the moment. Uh, the landscape is so serene. Uh, obviously, rock climbing, dangerous, so, you know, you're, like, really careful when you're just focused on that rock, so I love how it just, like, puts me in the present moment, and I feel like I get just a wave of creativity uh, after doing that from being so in the moment. Uh, a recovery session after that combined with answering messages. Um, here in Denver, again, I go to Denver Sports Recovery, so uh, using the infrared sauna, the hot tub, the cold tub. And then dinner out, again, usually trying to either meet someone new or a meeting with a business partner or friends that are athletes, entrepreneurs, or creatives. And then back home by 10.30 to answer a few messages and go to sleep and do it again the next day. That is a great day. It's an <laughs> ultimate day. That is a great day. Working out, Sign meeting me people, <laughs> climbing. That sounds awesome. Right? That's great. Do you have yeah, any... The key, um, the key is to know what those things that just make you super happy, and those are those things that make me happy, and I know that, so I try to stick to those pretty much exact things every day, and, you know, with those things, it brings on, you know, additional adventure, you know, it's, I'm doing a lot of the same things, but oftentimes they might be in different places, so I get to, you know, I get that sense of excitement and, and newness as well. Yeah, that's, that's definitely very important. Um, and I think you've, you've been reiterating a lot of, of passion and utilizing your time, which I think are just two very important things that every single person can take a step back and making sure that they're following what they like to do, that they're doing what they want to do throughout the day, and that it all is in line with, with what their mission and what their passion is. So I think everything you're up to is, is super um awesome and i love how you're doing it for the right reasons and it's fulfilling your passion your goals um and i think everything is is really really cool um so the 
The next step is where can all of our listeners find you? Where can they get involved? And if they have a, a business idea, it sounds like you're the person to chat with. So where can they find you um, on social, um, website, and, and all of those fun platforms? Yeah, I mean, I think the best place to find me is on Instagram, my name, uh, at Eric Hinman. And I love meeting people that, you know, follow me and are inspired by me in real life. So please, by all means, reach out to me. Um, right now I'm here in Denver. I'll be here for another week. So if anyone is listening here in the mountains, uh, hit me up. Would love to, to chat with anyone. And then uh, back to the East Coast next week to New York for uh, about a month. Um, but, yeah, find me on Instagram. Uh, if you ever find yourself in Syracuse, New York, please pop in to the restaurant or gym uh, that I co-own, Original Grain and Urban Life Athletics. I love uh, hosting anyone that's coming through, uh, doing a workout with them and getting some good food. And then you can also find me uh, on my website where I have uh, a little additional content, which is, again, my name, erichinman.com. Awesome. Thanks so much, Eric. It's been an awesome time chatting, learning about what you're doing and learning how we can transfer a lot of the skills and tactics you're using to whatever it is we're trying to do better. So thank you so much for your time. We know your time crunch, so we're glad that there's some value in this for you. Um, and we're wishing you the best day ever. Yeah, thank you guys and appreciate what you're doing. I love people that uh, are providing value to the world and sharing other people's stories. So cheers to them. Thanks very much, Eric.